0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Not me. Praise the Lord, everybody. I give an honor to God for today, for my leaders. I I love y'all. I thank God for an opportunity to stand before his people today and I'm doing the best I can, y'all, to stay right here, okay? (laughs) The best I can. I'm not making any promises, except I'ma give it my best shot, okay? I wanna pray really quickly. Father God, thank you for your people, thank you for this opportunity, and thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the ears to hear, and he that has an ear, let him hear, Father, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I thank you right now. I give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. And we stand, please. We're going to Genesis 37, 3 through 5. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him the more. I wanna to present to you today the cost of the coat. You can have a seat. I'm already struggling standing right here, yo there's a cost to having been blessed with something so marvelous and can i let you in on a little secret our heavenly father he's not like israel he's so gracious he has many favorites and you're one of them yes you the cult is that thing that makes some people hate you and others marvel at god's grace on your life it's that, that it, perhaps like myself, you ran from it until you couldn't run anymore. Because of this cult, you'll experience four stages. Presentation, rejection, isolation, and elevation. This experience it might take you by surprise, the presentation, that is. God presents the code to you, or better yet, reveals the invisible code to you and the others around you. There's no denying that it was made with love, nor how many of these there are. Yours is unique, because he tailored it just for you. More often than not, we get caught up in the dimensions of our brothers or sisters' coats that we totally ignore our own. We marvel at our father's craftsmanship and ponder the intricate details, and sometimes the inner hater rises up. I'm guilty. Can I, can I tell y'all a little secret about me? I used to want to be a singer. I wanted to sing so bad, but I sound tone-deaf so Let's not go there. I only make joyful noises, okay? And I used to look at singers and be like, man, how'd she do that? That's what God gave her to wear. Me? some i different. <laughs> so, <laughs> here I am. I, I was excited. I have to, you know, tie a story into it, of course. I was excited to have finally felt the conviction to wear my coat. I'm talking about God's goodness every chance I get. talking about the dreams and revelations God has given me, just joyful as can be. Then my world came crashing down. Now, before I go any further, know that my telling this part of my journey is not to throw anybody under the bus, but that God be glorified, okay? Remember that. It's about God getting the glory. May 2020, I was told by my grandmother that she was selling the building that I was living in. So this is May, she's selling the building in August. At that time, I wasn't working. I had been looking for a job for over a year. I prayed for a job. Even started to pray that God prevented my granny from selling the building. Until I was sad, I, I really did. I thought, hey, he kept the sign up for Joshua. Why not me? God had something else planned. So I reached out to a few people asking for job leads. And as the time drew near, I didn't have any job leads and nowhere to go, which leads to the next phase. Now once you realize, which the next phase is rejection, now once you realize that you have this coat, you're convinced of its special nature and value, boom, there comes rejection. If you read further into the story, Joseph Brothers threw him in the pit, took his coat, Pretended he was dead and sold him into slavery. Now, in my case, there was no plot for my death, just a direct rejection in my time of need, and it just rocked me. So I called my mom and I asked if we could stay for a while, to, you know, until I got on my feet. She mumbled some stuff and, about comfort, furniture, a shelter, and ultimately, the answer was no. I know someone is thinking, your parent isn't responsible for you, you're an adult. And to that, I say, you're absolutely correct. But that doesn't take away the sting of the rejection, especially from the one that brought you into this world. So my my older brother, he offered to come get us and that meant I'd be moving out of state. That didn't sit right with me because I got here, I got settled in. Although all the pieces hadn't fit together, I knew I wasn't supposed to leave, but I wasn't going to nobody's shelter. I just didn't feel that that's what God had for me. So, I called a friend of mine who, at that time we were planning a birthday party for my sister and I called a friend of mine and he was the uh, DJ, to be the DJ. So I told him, I said, hey, uh, the party's canceled. So, you know, I have to do some other stuff, and I wasn't going to tell him anything else about it. But he poked and poked and poked. He said, what's the problem? Why's the party canceled? I'm like, well, I'm moving. Moving? And then you're going to plan a party and they move? Wait, it's not making sense. So I just told him the circumstances. He's like, wait, wait. Don't just up and move. And I'm like, okay, so maybe he's going to finance this, you know, living space or something. We're just going to see. You never know. He said, I want you to fast and pray with me for two days. Now, mind you, this is just a friend from high school who I'd only been in contact with to be the DJ for my sister's party. He said, do me a favor. We're going to fast and pray two days, and God's going to give you an answer. He's going to do something. Okay. So I'm praying. We got through one day of praying and fasting. I started making calls, letting people know I no longer needed help looking for a job because I was leaving. And one of the people I called returned my phone call. We talked. I had a few other conversations, ultimately circled back around. I toiled with the rejection night after night. Holy Spirit revealed to me it was the coat. It made her uncomfortable. Isolation. As you continue to read Joseph's story, you'll find that he spent time in an empty cistern, which is an underground water pit. He spent time in jail as well, being falsely accused, jailed, that didn't hinder God's plan. Rev said it before, God sets us up where it looks like we're losing, but actually we're winning. Joseph was even favored in prison. I eventually got a job. It was nothing like what I believe I deserved, but at the time, it was about taking care of my child, not my pride. I went to work for $13 an hour with a master's degree. Within a month, they were shifting me to management. I worked this job like it paid the money I felt like I deserved because I asked God to give me what he wanted me to have. I applied to a lot of places. Got only a few calls back. And this was the only thing that came through, so I worked it. Which leads to the next phase, elevation. After presentation, rejection, isolation comes elevation. Joseph was singled out as a favorite, rejected, sold, isolated, lied on jail, favored, then elevated. Two and a half months into my stay, I was asked for my resume one morning. And that night, I got a call while I was on Bible study. I debated whether or not to answer it because I was on Bible study. But some kept saying, answer that phone, fool. It was the interview for the position I have now. Mind you, I work in a school. After 8 p.m., the principal called me on a weeknight. It's odd, those are my business hours. But guess what? God's timing is not my timing. So, if he want me to answer at 8 o'clock, sure, what do you need? I spent four months living in Suzette's basement. In that time, God dismantled my broken beliefs, cleaned my heart, took away the sting of redemption, healed me, and showed me that despite all, he was using me to break generational curses. I needed to wear my coat and wear it proudly, as do you. Luke 12:48. But he that knew not and did not commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with fruit stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be required much. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. So if you don't know that you're God's favorite, I'm telling you now you are. You you have a coat, but it's on you if you don't accept it. I suggest you pick up the word and find out what he thinks of you. All of us, there's not one that he left out, he's not like Israel, all of us have a coat. Some of us know it and some of us are scared to wear it. Others aren't aware of what it is and don't care to know because they'd rather coast because the pit, it ain't pretty. Some are too busy turning their nose up at other people's coats in order to properly and proudly wear their own. And if you don't know, just ask God. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you do know, wear it proudly. Something greater than you is working in that thing. Not only is it bigger than you, it's not about you. It's not just for you. Joseph's family was sustained because of his connections and experiences. Yeah, the brothers who hated him so much in the beginning eventually had to bow to him. And that's not even the best part. The best part is that in all of this, Joseph wasn't bitter. He realized that God sent him ahead to preserve his family. I have zero regrets because I know that God is everything. I know him in a way that I never would have known him without this experience. Most people cringe at the thought of other people knowing their blunders, mishaps, breakdowns. So guess what? God gets the glory. He gave me my coat. I'm wearing it. Today I challenge you to wear yours proudly, proudly. Who cares if people think you weird or don't understand? Who cares if the thing that he gave you to wear is not as, as glamorous as the next person's? Being hated on comes with the tag. It's attached to the coat. A part of it. Matthew 5 12 and 13. Blessed are ye when men revile you and persecute you and shall say manner of all evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you and y'all. Whew, y'all know Jesus' own didn't receive him. So who am I? A filthy rat? Washed in the blood, nonetheless, but still a filthy rag. I'm struggling to stand here. Woo! These days, there are way too many of us trying to fit in. No, stop fitting in and stand out. Be bold in your calling. The only way I'm able to be this transparent, y'all, God's grace. And just so we clear, you don't work. For the coat. The coat causes you to work. You don't have to earn it. God gives gifts without repentance. Before he called me he knew I'd go through phases where I allow my worth to be tied up into what other people thought. He knew I thought I was cute. What does that really mean? Okay. He knew I was so into taking care of other people and that gave me an excuse not to deal with me. When the time came to move, this is just transparency, y'all. I was absolutely terrified. It wasn't the bills. I would have paid to stay in that basement as long as she would have let me. that Had nothing to do with having a man or even general safety. I just didn't want to sit with me because I longed for family. I wanted to belong. God's like, girl, why are you playing games? I've done everything that you needed and then some. Because I accepted that job, y'all, before I even knew what they were giving me. I knew it came from him because of how it happened. Resume at 8 a.m. and by 8 p.m., I get asked one question and then, okay, here's what I'm How you doing. Wait, who does that? The job for $13 an hour, I had more questions to answer for that. So then I got bumped to salary, full benefits, and all the whole other gamut of stuff that came along with it. So God reminded me that I'm his and that I can do all things that strengthen him, Th- through, through him that strengthens me. He also reminded me that he had to be enough for me before anyone else could ever be, including myself. And on top of that, I just feel this, this, like, pull of heaviness in my spirit that I just don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out. There are way too many beautiful, amazing coats I'm looking at. Gifts that you aren't even aware of, just sitting there, all nice and shiny, waiting to be worn and displayed for his glory. And here we are, we're scared or ashamed or whatever. Whatever the reason is, you got to stop that. I don't want you to miss out, okay? You see, what, what happens in this whole uh, thing where we become, the best analogy I have for it is how they break it down in the Bible. God, well, Jesus, he has a bride, which is us, the church, right? You ever known of a bridegroom to not want to be intimate with his bride? You ever known that? It's like it's textbook. It's like almost a given. So if we're the bride of Christ, don't you think he wants to be intimate with you? So let's let's take it a step further. I'm struggling to stay here, y'all. Let's say Mary, when she had her encounter with the angel and he was talking to her, she's like, How should this be so? I don't even know a man. What she was talking about is I ain't being intimate with nobody. Like I, I don't even know I, I, how. So let's let's just take that and flip that. So if we being the bride of Christ and Christ being the bridegroom, in order to get that impartation, there has to be the intimacy. The impartation has to do with the the fruit or whatever it is that he has to birth. Through you. And this has nothing to do with age, it has nothing to do with gender, anything like that. But we put these barriers up. We put these barriers up that will stop the impartation from fully taking place. We put these barriers up. We do. Just like, you know, in real life, you get to a certain number of kids, I'm done. I don't. No. But when it comes to God, shouldn't be any barriers. Total submission. Nothing should be off limits. Nothing. He wants to know you that way. And then the the, the ones who, who miss out they come, you know, just like the Bible says, come to him. Lord, Lord. Didn't I cast out the demons in your name? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Depart from me, I never knew you. He's not saying, I didn't know you exist. He's saying, I never was intimate with you. You didn't take the time to be with me without the barriers. Those of y'all who marry, right? You can't even play. Yeah, I'm struggling. You can't play your spouse that way. Why play God? He has something to impart. And again, I say it has nothing to do with age. After a certain point in time, women, we can't, you know, bring forth life, but guess what? No age limit on it with God. None. 99, 98, 102. He can still use you. It does not matter. But you're gonna have to take the barrier away and completely submit. God does not deserve any of what we call, I'm gonna I'm be as tactful as I can, the lazy action. And guess what? I don't get to say this to you because he didn't check me. Oh baby, I thought I was doing something. Get up in the morning, do my five minute devotional, five minutes, five minute devotional, move on throughout my day, and then circle back around that night, start to read, and fall asleep. Would that fly in your marriage? Would it fly? I'm just saying. Would, would you know? I, hey, it's the same thing. We the bride of Christ. We cannot fall asleep on the job. Just saying. Now I got convicted on that, and I was like, "Wait, whoa, hold on, hold on, out, Holy Spirit, now listen, listen now." I was. Come on now, I, 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 I read, like, yeah, you did, mm-hmm. And then you said at night you were gonna read for hour one, 10 minutes into it, you snoring. Okay, my bad, Jesus, forgive me, please. And so instead of just that five minutes in the morning or just that time at night, what is it? That's a set tempo in my mind, in my car, in my space, just wherever I'm at. That's a constant, perpetual thing. So it's not, I only have this time set aside for God, it's all the time. A lot of times you see, um, say, a husband and wife that's been together a long time, and you're like, dang, why they look like they related? That's because, they're together, that's so serious. That's why. So when we look at each other, we should see more and more of what? That's right, more and more of Jesus. Put on the coat, people. Put it on. Don't be afraid. Don't let the fear be the barrier of you receiving the impartation from God. Don't let what other people say stop you. You have to go all out. As they say, hog wild balls to the wall, whatever. All out, just let it go. Arms up, hands open. Ready to receive whatever it is that he has for you. And I want to encourage you and employ you to stop the lazy action. I had to do it. Stop the lazy action. Get into the word more. Not as something to check off your list. That is the whole list. Because it's through that everything else should flow. That should be your filter for life, not just, oh, I read my little scripture today. So I'm good with Jesus. I'm good. This I'm talking about me. I was there. Like, uh-uh, that's not good enough for me. You didn't you didn't do that when you call yourself with that man? Ouch, God, come on. It hurt, but it's the truth. So the only way I was able to receive like I was supposed to, I had to do my part. Yeah. God's not going to spiritually force you. He's not. He's a gentleman. You have to be willing. You have to show up. You have to show up prepared. And I want to give him the glory for it. I'm pulling for you. I'm rooting for each and every one of you to have that time. I'm pulling for each and every one of you to remove the mask. And I'm not talking about the mask for COVID-19. I'm talking about the other mask. I'm only talking about stuff that I had to live. He won't let me say a thing that he hasn't gotten me right together on. He won't. And I wanna give him all the glory and honor for today. And from from today forward, we're gonna be different. And I'll continue to say that every time I come up here, every time I come in here, we're going to be different. We always say we're not getting weaker, we're getting stronger. That's the truth. I believe that. Guess what? You got to keep using the muscles for them to get strong. I tend to use my arms for hugging instead of lifting, but we're going to change that too. (laughs) And I just want to... Thank you all again for lending an ear, and I pray that something God's given me is imparted to you, and I wanna give him the glory, and I wanna bring this to a close. And I'm gonna pray. Father, Father, thank you. I come to you humbly on behalf of all of your people, Father God. Our hearts are softened and ready to receive, Father God. We want to know you, and we want you to know us, Father God. You talked about knowing us in Jeremiah. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That was a different kind of know, Father, because we had no say. Now that we have a say, we want to know you. The same way that... Adam, knew Eve, and she bear Cain and Abel, Father God. We want to know you. We want to bear what it is that you have for us to bring forth. I speak to the spiritual wounds right now, Father God. Let them be cleared. Move the barriers, Father. I speak to those who are afraid, Father God, of wearing their coats, Father God. No more fear. Let's cast that fear away, Father God. In your name, I speak freedom to those who are captive by the thoughts of what if, Father God. What if has no power? Because I am that I am is the power, Father God. I thank you right now for that. And I want to continue to give you all the glory and the honor for your people, Father God, for your word, for your way. Thank you, Father, for leading us and guiding us. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Bless y'all.